welcome to The Lamb and the Scroll, where we unpack scripture using the rich tradition of the church. I'm your host, John Brayer, and in this episode, we'll be digging into Genesis chapter 22, in which Abraham is asked to sacrifice his beloved son, Isaac. First of all, thank you for joining me today. Uh, and before we begin, just to maybe a shameless plug, if you are enjoying this podcast, please spread the word. Please share it with a friend. Uh, I'd love to see this podcast continue to grow in terms of the, the scope of its audience. Uh, but today, we'll be taking on a very challenging story from the book of Genesis, uh, located in chapter 22. So before I actually jump into this story, I'd invite you to read it. We'll be focusing on Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 19. So if you'd like to pause, read the story, and then come back, I'll give you a moment to do that. This is a famously challenging story to interpret and to read uh, in the book of Genesis. So I don't claim that this episode will provide every insight into reading the, uh, the story present here. But at the very least, I do hope it offers some insights into how we might understand the main message and the takeaways from uh, Genesis chapter 22. So first of all, just for a brief summary, we've had this, the character of Abraham has been profiled for a number of chapters now uh, by this point in the book of Genesis. And he's been shown time and time again to be loyal to God, to be faithful to God, to be obedient to God. And this story starts out by affirming the idea that this is another one of the tests for or trials for Abraham's faith. And so from the very get-go, we as the reader have the perspective that this is a trial or a test for Abraham. Now, presumably, he did not have that same foreknowledge that this was just another test. But nonetheless, we do have that context. There's a pretty clear problem that becomes uh, apparent throughout this story. It seems odd that God would order the sacrifice of Abraham's beloved son, the one who would carry on the covenant that had been established between Abraham and God. The obedient Abraham takes his son along with servants to a mountain where he plans to sacrifice his son unbeknownst to Isaac. Isaac picks up on this, asks Abraham where the animal for sacrifice is, and Abraham, continuing to put his trust in God, says God will provide the sacrifice. Ultimately, God intervenes and stops Abraham from slaying his son. At the end of this story, we have a reiteration of these promises from the covenant, and the story moves on. But nonetheless, this leaves us as readers with a number of different questions about why God would order the sacrifice of a, of, a, of a child, and particularly this child who's going to carry on the covenant. This does not seem in line with the God that we know. And so I'd propose a couple different ways of reading this story. This goes back to the idea that there are different senses in which we should be reading scripture. As you might recall, there are two main senses, the literal sense and the spiritual sense. So first to begin with the literal reading of this story, we're interested in just specifically what actually happened in the story. One thing I'd like to draw your attention to is that throughout this story, there's very little and in fact almost no mention of emotion throughout the story. And presumably, Abraham and his son would both be distraught. But there's no mention of that at all. And I'd propose that there's maybe two ways of understanding or two different possible explanations for why that's the case. Number one, is that it's possible that Abraham lived in a cultural setting where sacrifice of the oldest son was not unheard of. And so it's possible that Abraham wasn't completely caught off guard by this. And as a result, there's no visceral reaction to this that's shared by the narrator. This is a possible interpretation because in Abraham's time, the idea of sacrifice of the first male child would actually have been uh, maybe not a common practice, but it certainly would not have been unheard of. 
So it's possible that by ignoring the emotional side of the story, the author is trying to communicate that this would not have been out of place culturally. According to this reading, it's possible to interpret Genesis 22 as the author's attempt to differentiate Abraham's God from the gods of his culture. Perhaps a second possible way to explain the lack of emotional language uh, that is present here in Genesis 22 is to reflect on the idea that that might not have been the purpose of the author. Perhaps the purpose of the author was to show the faith of Abraham, his obedience. We've actually already seen this before in Genesis 12, where we have the original call by God to Abram. Remember that there's no verbal communication from Abram to God. There's simply a silent obedience. And so that would not be completely out of line uh, with, with this possible reading of the story. To dig a little bit more deeply, I think it'd be wise here to turn to the other sense of the text, which is the spiritual sense of the text. You may recall there are three different spiritual senses of the text. And so one in particular that I'll dig into is the tropological sense of a biblical text, which essentially refers to what a biblical text is calling us to do or how a biblical text is calling us to respond to God. And so you'll notice if you pay close attention to the language present in Genesis 22, that Abraham responds to God using three key words that we'll find elsewhere in scripture. Here I am. We're going to find that again with Jacob later in Genesis. We'll find that with Moses in Exodus. We'll find that with Samuel in the story of his calling. And so over and over again, we're going to see this phrase, here I am, be the sign of willingness to participate in God's plan. And so perhaps that's the main point of the author here, is that we're supposed to see Abraham's silent obedience again at the forefront. This refrain, here I am, is one that should be emanating from our hearts as we consider God's call for us. Now, as we continue to turn this story over, let's back away from the tropological reading and perhaps consider one of the other spiritual senses, in this case, the allegorical sense of the text. So keep in mind, the allegorical sense essentially gets into some of the symbolic readings of the text. Here, there's some very clear symbolism present uh, in the story. If we, again, back away from some of our literal concerns about what God is ordering and what seems to be taking place in the story, we see a clear example of the Old Testament foreshadowing an element of the New Testament. In the story of Genesis 22, we see a beloved son obediently responding to the father, carrying the wood of the sacrifice up a mountain, accompanied by two others. This event does not result in the final death, but rather leads to salvation through this event. That explanation, of course, here for Genesis 22 is appropriate, but also is appropriate for the story of Jesus' suffering, passion, death, and resurrection. And so I think we can start to see Isaac as a biblical type of Christ. We have here an account of salvation accomplished through the beloved son, and we start to see unfolded this plan of salvation. Now, would Abraham have seen that? Would Isaac have seen that? Would uh, a listener to this story or a reader of this story before Christ's time have understood that? Probably not. But with the benefit of thousands of years of, of hindsight, we can get that perspective now. So I'm sure this episode has not wiped away all questions you have with Genesis 22, but I hope that it's begun to shed some light on this story and perhaps some of the, uh, the messages that we're supposed to be reading as we dig into this story. So in conclusion, a couple final points. One, this is a story of Abraham's obedience to God, his trust in God's plan. We see that very clearly in his simple verbal response to God, here I am, but also in his actions throughout this story. Two, 
This is a story that when read allegorically, begins to unfold the story of the New Testament for us through the example of Isaac as a biblical type for Christ. So I hope this was a helpful episode as you uh, consider Genesis 22. As we move on, we continue digging into the story of the patriarchs and their relationship with God.